I'm Brenna, a certified sex expert and sex coach who is passionate about human sexuality, female empowerment, and helping people develop the sex life of their dreams. I'm Brian, certified relationship coach, eager to share my unique relationship experiences along with a rich history of sexuality to coach you through your personal journey. And you're listening to Sex on Your Terms. Brian and I often find ourselves saying chemistry is so important to us. Chemistry is one of the most important things that we look for when we're trying to find partners to play with. But what does chemistry really mean and why? Why is it so important to us specifically? We're going to delve into that very deeply today. Before we get to that, we of course want to do our usual sex in the news. And I have a really interesting one as a sex toy lover and also as someone who is fascinated by just sex in general during COVID times. So there's an article that came out from Kinkley. So the article is called Industry Insiders Think Pandemic Sex Toy Boom Will Outlast COVID-19. Now, of course, I think we talked on this episode, on this podcast, on a previous episode about how sex toys are becoming so much more popular, especially remote controlled sex toys because obviously a lot of people are away from their partners. Makes sense, right? But the question that this article poses is, what is the sex toy industry going to look like past COVID? Are we going to continue to see just this boom of people trying out new things? And according to all sorts of surveys that were done, not only on Kinkly, but on sex toy websites, the answer is absolutely yes. Sex toys are here to stay, and people who have never had a sex toy were three times as likely to purchase one in 2020, which I found so interesting. Well, it makes sense though, right? Right? It makes sense that the article would suggest that the trend would continue because you just said there's, you know, as a number of people who've never had sex toys, now that they have discovered them because of COVID, they're, I would imagine, far more likely to continue that practice, right? It's a new, it's, it's new still to them, I'm sure. And the opportunities to use sex toys and to experiment with them is virtually endless. So basically, COVID just opened the door to a whole new world for a lot of people. Yeah, so I found this super interesting. Nicole Grossman, who's the director of marketing at Cal Exotics, said that they were seeing more first-time users than ever before, but they were also seeing people double or triple their toy collections in 2020, which I thought for a second how interesting it would be if we tried to double our sex toy collection because we have so <laughs> many. It would be outrageous, but I love that. I love that people that before this had three or four toys now all of a sudden have a dozen. Uh, the same person also said that people are much more likely to try completely new sex toys, not even just, oh, a new vibrator or a new dildo, but something completely different that they never would have put into their repertoire before and were willing to kind of step out there. So there's a lot more kind of novelty toys that are becoming available and becoming very popular as a result of that, which I think is awesome. Uh, one of the examples they gave, for example, is like Finger Vibes, which I don't even own one of those, but they were well. very popular in 2020. So something else I found so interesting about this article was talking about the difference in purchasing online versus in brick and mortar stores. Obviously, brick and mortar stores suffered a lot in 2020, much like a lot of other businesses out there. But I thought it was so interesting that there were multiple of these brick and mortar stores that talked about how their sales were booming once they were open, but more specifically of items that you really need to touch and feel before you purchase, like lingerie, like heels, like tassels, things that you wear and that are size relative are just booming like crazy right now. Well, COVID opened up a lot of doors, as I said, for a lot of people, I would think sexually, and folks that weren't even maybe considering lingerie or heels or tassels in the bedroom started to get creative because they were locked down with their partner and for you know, a significant period of time or a measurable period of time. And now that they've done that, they've experienced it, why not continue it, right? So of course, you're going to run to the store as soon as it opens, like you would a restaurant because it opened for the first time, because now I can buy my tassels, I can see them, I can feel them, I can touch them. Yeah, there are textures and you know those kinds of things. Yeah, I can totally get that. And another one that I thought was really interesting is the adult board games industry blew up as well. And it, I always find that funny because that's not really our thing. We're not really the, the sexy board game people. But I do question if that means that couples are, it's, it's not just an individualized thing, right? It's not just, oh, I'm going out and getting myself a vibrator, but it's more so we are trying to find something to keep things spicy at home. We are working towards better intimacy 
And does that mean that we're going to see, you know, better relationships in general after COVID? I, I think we've talked, you and I have talked in depth about how the pandemic really either made or bra- broke you as a couple. There was very little in between. It either built you up and made you significantly stronger or it destroyed you. And I hope that we continue to see strong relationships come out of it as well and people not just completely forget the things that they worked on as a couple once, you know, once we're back to some level of whatever the new normal is going to look like. Well, unfortunately, we as humans, and maybe more so as Americans, I'm not sure, we definitely have short-term memory. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't know that that trend will continue once COVID is, let's hope, at some point, a thing of the past, because again, it's going to be on to the next shiny new thing, right? Let's, But let's hope that some of these practices carry on. I also agree with you. We've talked about it a lot. COVID, it was it, it uncovered a lot. <laughs> There's no doubt when it came to relationships or it comes to relationships. And sex. Well, yeah, everything, everything sex and uh, relationship related. If you had any chinks in the armor at all, this was definitely going to expose them. You were exposed with all of this. Or you had a great relationship and this really just strengthened that, that, that idea that your relationship is sound. I don't know. I'm not sure whether it's going to be more of the positive or the negative coming out of COVID. I do know with certainty that we absolutely have short-term memory. I just don't know if all of these trends will truly last after the COVID times are over. Well, all of the toy companies are hoping that the trends will last of people exploring and doing some new things. So uh, we'll, we'll see what that looks like and, and what toys we have in our future. I also, I'm hopeful also that this will mean just a better innovation in sex toys in general, because something else I think we've already talked about on this podcast is I'm not super impressed with new sex toys coming out right now. There's not a lot of newness. There is a lot of like technology that they're trying to push, but a lot of it is stuff that's years away and is, isn't going to be necessarily applicable for most people like most people can't just go out and get a you know three thousand dollar vr system to be able to use that at home yeah or a fifteen hundred dollar tremor like the one we have under the cabinet in our kitchen right, right or a, or a nine thousand dollar sex robot right well <laughs> I, I think sex toys for me it's it's interesting because you and i were just in a store not too long ago in an adult store in florida and we're walking around, and we spent probably 30 minutes walking around. You were looking for something something specific. And as we're looking at the toys, we realize that there is nothing in that store that we don't have. Right. Literally nothing. Either a version of it or that exact yeah. thing. Some variation of it, we have it. And so you got to wonder, like, is, what is the next evolution? So sure, there's the VR thing, which we don't really get into much. We did experience it in Vegas, and it was very cool, but it's not really our thing. And so well, other than if, if it was a couple hundred dollars, it could be our thing. That's what I'm saying. I, if I could quickly and easily purchase it, why not? But I mean, we're also not going to spend two grand on it. No, because so. I prefer the real experience, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that's just a really good example of like, there really isn't a lot of fun new stuff out there. I think there are some companies that are trying to do it. Like Hot Octopus is a company that we've we've actually talked with one of the, the designers and marketers for that company. And they have some really kind of cool things that they're considering or, or that they've recently put out. But nothing that's just like, oh my gosh, this is so new and cool. So I hope that 20 2021 brings some of that. I think what I've seen the most improvement in as it pertains to toys is really male toys. That's where I think the, the largest opportunity is right now. Yeah. Well, there hasn't been a lot until a few years ago. Yeah. So that seems to be going in the right direction. And there's a lot more still, I think, uh, that they're going to do, as, as you mentioned, especially Hot Octopus. They had some very cool stuff and, and we have some of their products. But yeah, the, the toy market, I'm sure, has just been just white hot with COVID <laughs> with everyone being at home and just locked down and you've got to get creative, right? You got to, you got to break out all the toys very literally. Getting and freaky. Yeah, yeah. You got to do what you got to do. And I think that's great. Hopefully it really opens some people's eyes up to the, the possibilities, you know, and with any luck, as you mentioned, they'll keep that moving forward. However, uh, the, the pessimist in me says that short term memory is going to have an effect on all of this. Yeah. Don't be so glass half empty, Brian. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> So, uh, as mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we want to have a discussion today about something that we talk very often about, whether it's just the two of us or with our lifestyle friends or our other podcasts from Porch Swingers. It's the concept of chemistry. And I think the reason that you and I, Brian, talk about this so often is because it is what we deem the most important thing for sexual attraction for us. We are somewhat different than a maybe, I don't want to say a lot of, let's say we're different than the stereotypical swingers out there in that 
we don't do the indiscriminate thing. We don't just meet people and if they're attractive, we have sex with them. In fact, often attraction is, physical attraction anyway, is one of the the far down on our list things. And so chemistry becomes the far more important thing for us. But what's really interesting about that is like chemistry can mean a lot of different things. And it is a very kind of abstract idea. So we wanted to talk through what it looks like for us and also why it's important. Well, Chemistry and connection, we talk about a lot. And, and while I don't disagree, I, th- I think those two things are very different. However, because of our type of play and how we best engage with people and, and frankly, how we've made the friends in this space that we have, I mean, at this, to this point, lifelong friends that we have made back home, I think that speaks to the chemistry and connection, right? I think uh, for me, I think they're that they're very different, but I I have to have both of those things to some degree. Oh, interesting. Let's right? talk about that because I don't. So I think that's it's interesting. Well, I'm not saying I have to have them. Ideally, I want them both. Got it. And the, the best example of that, I think, is the situation that you and I find ourselves in currently with a couple that we met uh, here in Florida. Okay. Right. So let's talk about attraction for a moment. Okay. I don't want to say that. I have a type necessarily. I don't know that any. I have a necessary. I don't have a type. You absolutely have a type. Well, you don't think so? I, I guess I do to a degree. You mean a if, physical type? You have a. Yes. I guess by that I mean if you were to go out and pick out the perfect physical specimen, that would always be the same type of body type. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely lean toward the same type of physical person, right? If there was a, a lineup of people and I had to choose the one that I found the most attractive, chances are that person, male or female or non-binary, whatever the situation, it's going to look, that that, that appearance is going to be very much the same. Yes. In the situation that we find ourselves in currently, the couple that we are that we are seeing, or that we have seen now multiple times, I should say, this relationship that we have formed with them over a short period of time, without question, for me, I'm not going to speak for you, for me, is 100% chemistry and connection based. That does not mean I don't find the gal that I'm in, that I'm seeing or that you and I are, are discussing at the moment attractive. I do. However, that attraction for me, I believe, is 100% derived from the chemistry and the connection that I have with her. That's where this whole thing stems from. Because, again, if she's standing in a lineup of people that I w- might be attracted to, her physical type is not at the top of my list. Right. Right? She's not. I, not that does not make her unattractive. It is simply not what I typically go for. And to be clear, um, kind of short and thick and big booty and curvy in all the right places kind of guy. I dig that. Yeah. That is not who she is. She's slight. She weighs about 127 pounds. and About you, 127 you know. pounds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's I'm like uh, generalizing, but that's about what she weighs, like 125 to 130, something like that. <laughs> she's, she's very slight, and that is not my normal style. But we have a connection that I think would be difficult for a lot of people to understand, and we clicked very quickly digitally very quickly and then as soon as we met it was instantaneous we were on from the second we taught we met each other because we had already had the digital connection and then our personalities were just in sync she's very much you know kind of a smart aleck she's sarcastic she's witty she's definitely a troublemaker and that just kind of you know it spoke to me sure and so our physical connection is just that much more intense because of that chemistry and connection Right. And I think that's a really good example of why it is we enjoy chemistry and look for it because it leads to the attraction part of it for us. But I think it's important that you mentioned that you think that chemistry and connection are two very different things. And I would agree with you, but I think we should flush that out. Okay. So for me, we connected because we have some things in common, right? Where we both have a similar personality, you might say. Wouldn't you agree? We're kind of kind of similar in that whole you know, yeah, you're snarky. both smart, alecky, yeah. and yeah. So, so we connected that way because we had, you know, we were we were basically just poking at each other type stuff, you know, the entire night, the entire night, and yeah. we do it all the time. Every time you see us talking, it's always some kind of smart comment one of us is making to the other. So we do, we had that connection. The chemistry piece of it really became evident to me the second time that I had the opportunity to see her. She and I had dinner together at their home. It was just she and I, and. While we were still kind of on, in the same vibe of that of that connection, the chemistry piece became evident because we also had the opportunity to sit and talk to each other in a quiet setting, 
very, let's call it intimate because that's what it was. It was just two people having dinner at someone's home and that's an intimate situation. But we were also able to break away from that banter that we were having constantly and had real conversation. And I found myself liking her as a person. Sure. Not just a connective piece of it, but her personality. I like her character. I like what she has to say. I appreciate and respect her background and and where she's come from. Just everything about her, I like. But wouldn't you call that the connection? See, for me, chemistry is something I can assess in 10 seconds. No, for me, a connection. I can assess the connection. Chemistry for me is deeper. It's science. There has to be more to it. For me, it's not surface level. Connection can be surface level. Like the, like the, the banter that we share, that's surface level. The chemistry is different because, it, for me, it transcends the connection. Well, this is exactly why I wanted to have this conversation because I think we've always talked about these abstract ideas of chemistry and connection and haven't really truly flushed them out, especially with listeners of our show. Now we do VR coaching sessions, but I describe those two things very differently. And I think people have very different definitions of chemistry and connection, period. So for me, like I said, I can assess chemistry. I said 10 seconds. That's an exaggeration. But I bet you within five minutes, I can determine if there's chemistry or not. For example, I remember very distinctly back when we were in Montana and I went to meet a gentleman for the first time. I ended up playing with him for several months and we had a really great time together, a very sexy time together. The very first time that we sat down together, we went to a coffee shop and we were sitting across from each other and within probably 60 seconds, I could feel this unspoken electric energy going back and forth between the two of us. It was like I looked into his eyes and I immediately felt this spark. And every time he would speak, I would get this intensity back at me. And to me, that's chemistry. That idea of like, oh, I I want to hang on your words. I want to look you in the eye. I like your smell. You know, I like your presence. Your energy feels calming to me or fun or exciting or whatever it is. That's chemistry. 100%. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's the science, right? It's an unmistakable feeling. It's uncontrollable. You can't help but feel that way. You know, I think back when you and I were meeting couples back home, for example, and we had a connection with a lot of folks, but no chemistry. Like we connected, we had dinner or we had drinks and we chatted and we had laughs and and there was a there was a genuine universal connection between all four of us. We liked each other's company enough to have dinner and drinks, but you and I, not speaking for them because you never really know, but for you and I, There wasn't that chemistry. There wasn't that spark that you're talking about, that electricity, that energy. For me, that's the chemistry. And that's what I'm talking about with this particular gal specifically. I have that with her. You see it because you've been around us, obviously. And you and her husband, her partner, you have a different kind of connection and chemistry with him than she and I do. Right. For sure. Right. But once again, you said that you, you felt the connection with her first. Yes. I almost can't get to the connection piece, the true connection. What you're talking about in terms of sitting down with couples and, and having friendly banter is like there's there's a friendliness there, but that's different to me than connection. Connection is like you truly appreciate that person's presence. You want to be around them because you care about them. That's not for me. Okay. So See, this is a good conversation then because I just think it can go in so many different directions. It's not that it's not obviously not an important component and I wouldn't consider it necessarily a, a necessity in, in terms of what we're currently talking about. But I think I can find a connection with a lot of people. You and I were just sitting at a poolside bar this afternoon. We had, a, had lunch. We were fortunate enough to lay in the sun. We were in Florida. And we connected with the bartender. Now, we have been here over two weeks and we have seen this particular gentleman a number of times. And while very friendly and always polite and very helpful, we never really took the time or had the time, I should say, to have a conversation with him because it's always very busy. It's now a, a Wednesday, so it's slow. You know, it's quiet. We had a conversation with him for about 20 minutes. We had a genuine connection with him over food and things to do in town and things to do in Miami. That's a connection. I didn't feel any chemistry with him, but that was a connection. We connected with that person. Chemistry for me, as I said, is scientific. It's unmistakable when you see it, when you feel it. You just know it, at least I do. And it's something I think that for me carries through a relationship. And 
in the situation that I'm currently referring to with the couple we're seeing, or we've been, we have now seen a number of times, that chemistry is, is paramount in this for me. It's the, the main focus of how she and I, or the main component, I should say, of how she and I really react to one another. That to me is the, is that science. It's that it's that chemistry, the electricity that you talked about, the fuel, if you will. It for me, it's very different. Okay, interesting. Because we have slightly different definitions, and I also think that that's why it's really important to lay these things out. Because I often see on profiles, for example, people say we really want to have a connection with you, but if their idea of connection is just enjoying talking to you, you can have a connection with just about anyone. <laughs> you should be able to, right? Well, yes, but that's not always the case. I mean, a lot of times you and I have met people and there was zero connection, let alone chemistry for me. And we're just experiencing it now. You and I met a couple for the first time together. When we met them, you had been communicating with them digitally. And then we, we saw them both together for the first time. The female portion of that couple, to me, her, her energy wasn't great. I'm going to say borderline rude. And so I disconnected from the conversation relatively quickly. You continue to communicate with the male half or the, the portion of the couple who identifies as male. Still, you are still communicating with him. I have not because my experience with my very first interaction with her wasn't good. Right. So there was zero connection and certainly no chemistry. But yes, you're right. If I can have a conversation with you, I like being around you at least enough to have a drink or just to chat and not feel awkward and weird and it's you know relatively comfortable and you know we're getting along we're bantering. That's a connection. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Chemistry for me much deeper. It means much more to me. As I as I mentioned, the person I'm referring to having met now and having this 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 chemistry with I think you'd agree we would consider them friends, and we've only known them a relatively short period of time. Now, we have seen them three, four times in just as much vanilla settings as we have sexual settings, right? Right. We've spent time with their family. They have some kids, and we've, we've had the opportunity to hang out and play with them. And, of course, we've seen them socially. So I genuinely care about them, and that's a chemistry thing. I like him very much. He's just a, a really good person. He's got a really good soul, you can tell. And that, for me, is a chemistry thing. He and well, I, I, think can... it's a, I think it's a combination of the two. I think with this particular couple, you're saying we care about them. Yes. To me, I guess that's what I meant earlier by connection. It has to be both. It's chemistry and connection in order for me to truly care about you as a person. I can have amazing chemistry with someone and have an, an amazing night of passionate sex and that's the end of it, right? I'm not con- I'm not concerned the next day that they're okay. I'm probably not going to reach out to them on their birthday, not because I'm I'm not a good person, but because there wasn't that connection there. There was that spark and that energy that could have resulted in some amazing sex, but that's kind of where it ends. And vice versa, like you said, we've gone the other way too where we care about people genuinely but we don't necessarily want to have sex with them because the chemistry is not there. Right, exactly. And, and with this particular couple, it's firing on all cylinders because there is very clearly evident of both connection and chemistry being there, not only on your end, but on my end, you and she, me and he. And because of that, it's become this very quickly, this amazing friendship that is also incredibly sexy. <laughs> it is. And again, I go back to because of the connection and because of the chemistry, this relationship is really sexy because without those two things, I simply would not have ever been attracted to her. It's not a situation where I would have seen her come across her profile and tried to make that connection. It would not have happened were it not for the chemistry and the connection. Sure. It's just that simple. So how powerful are those two things? Each of them, I think, are important individually. They, they certainly can be in, important components. Together, for for me... That's a game changer. If I find connection and chemistry with somebody, regardless of anything else outside of those two things, appearance aside, I mean, all bets are off. I mean, that's a really solid relationship. It's the basis, certainly, for a solid relationship. Friendship, without question. So I think something else that we should talk about in terms of, of this discussion is we mentioned attraction and we mentioned how if you have chemistry and connection, that attraction becomes heightened, right? So, I mean, you can't, in my opinion anyway, chemistry and connection cannot fix not being at all attracted to somebody. There has to be that potential for attraction to exist there. Sure. But it definitely can be heightened and intensified by how much we like the person. Yes. 
But I also think we should talk about other factors that make us more attracted to somebody versus just the physicalities. Because for you and I, the physical attraction can be important, but it is certainly not the number one thing. For me, for example, I love intelligent people. I get very turned on by that. In fact, I tend to have far more chemistry with someone who can really tap into my brain and make me think differently, or people that can teach me how to do something. That is so sexy to me. The idea of learning something new, and you also learn a lot about just a person's character when they teach you something, their level of patience and understanding, their communication skills. You see all of that. So that's just one example of something that makes someone infinitely more attractive to me when they can intelligently communicate something new to me. Yeah. And this is actually a conversation that she and I had when we were just digitally communicating before we ever met. And I should say, we began digitally communicating on behalf of her partner. He sent me her information, asked me to reach out to her because he thought that we would get along. Yeah. And he was 100% right. <laughs> we chatted for a couple of hours and then we met each other the first time that evening. And she mentioned to me, digitally about her being a sapiosexual for sure you know having that component do you want to explain what that is <laughs> just well, in case people aren't familiar just what you said someone who's really attracted to the mind someone who's really driven by an intellect as opposed to just about anything else or above anything else i should say sure but what's interesting when we after we the first time we were together physically and of course we have a really interesting relationship as as we are now talking about and very snarky you know, it's sarcastic and it's, it's giving each other a hard time. She said to me, she said, you know, the only reason that we are being physical or we are intimate or we were intimate tonight is because you made me laugh. Yeah. Humor. That's another big one. It's a big deal. And again, that's not just a connection for me. I don't, someone makes me laugh. That's a, there's chemistry there. A genuinely, genuine laughter to the, to the extent that our laughing together or making each other laugh digitally really, I want to say, forced us to meet very quickly because the night she and I met, you and I were, we were busy. We had a business meeting and then we had something we were doing with friends and we carved out time so that I could meet her. I felt that strongly about it. That's chemistry to me. What's really funny is you hardly ever really, really laugh. You'll chuckle, you'll smile, but for someone to get you to really laugh takes a lot. And so when I hear someone make you laugh, I know, okay, Brian likes this person. Yeah, there's very, yeah, there's not a lot of situations where I'm going to just belly laugh for the sake of doing it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you and I have that experience, obviously, but outside of us. I laugh at everything. You laugh at hardly anything. Yeah, but, (laughs) well, I laugh at you because you laugh at everything. But outside of you and I are, and, and our very closest friends, that kind of laughter for me is very unusual. Yeah. And, and not just laughter, though, right? It's really kind of, for me, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, it's almost a vulnerability. And here's how I know that. The f- second time we had the opportunity to see them was at their home. I had dinner with her at their home. You were out on a date with him. And you and he came back to the house, and she and I were laying on the couch. And she was stroking my head. My head was in her lap. Yep. That is not a situation you have ever found me in before. Ever. You've never seen it before. Nope. Not only have you not seen it, I haven't done it in this space yet. Not since you and I have been ethically non-monogamous. Now, I was seeing someone back home in in a polyamorous relationship, and there was a little bit of that. But we had no intimacy. We were not physical. We were not sexual. It was We were dating. And so there wasn't a lot of that kind of contact. This was very different. Not only had you not seen me in that situation, that's a vulnerable situation for me. And I don't typically put myself in that situation or that position. I was shocked. Well, And when you walked in, I was laying in her lap, essentially, as she's rubbing my head. And it never even occurred to me to move other than to get up and kiss you and say hello because you had walked in the door. And I could tell it. you were surprised. Yeah. You were shocked. Not in a bad way. Just like you said, that vulnerability. I've never seen you do that with another person. And it was... I would. I think I best described it to you the next day as jarring. It was like, yeah. whoa. It, yeah. Brian is laying in someone's lap, allowing his head to be stroked in this very. It was there was no sexual no innuendo to it or anything like that. There was no sexual energy. It was just very friendly and intimate. It was very just a very sweet moment that she and I shared, but something that you had never witnessed before, and certainly I'd never done before. Yeah. 
not in this space, not, not as an ethically non-monogamous person, not with one of our friends or our partners. So yeah, I found myself really much more relaxed in that situation with her than I ever have before. That speaks to me of true chemistry. Sure. That's a chemical connection. Well, and I think you just brought up another characteristic that both of us find incredibly attractive in other people and often results in a higher level of attraction, which is vulnerability. For example, when I went out with the husband of this couple, he's pouring his heart out to me. He's telling me his entire past and he's talking to me about very intimate and serious details about their relationship and it was all done in just this completely genuine and heartfelt way and there was something so attractive about that because I feel like when you can let the walls down and just be your true self it shows me a lot I mean of course I learned a lot about him as an individual but it also taught me or showed me a lot about just who he is in general that he's willing to go there with someone that he's known for 10 or 15 minutes and, and being able to not be concerned about being judged, I think, is is pretty cool. And it's a quality that not a lot of people can have, especially on a first meeting. Yeah, and that's just the thing that, that I'm talking about. That experience that you're referring to took place on the first date you had with him. Yep. The first date I had with her that night that I that we rushed out of our meeting so that I could make time to go to meet her, she gave me the same information, obviously, which, of course, we confirmed once you and I spoke. And, and they said that they were open with us, obviously, both of them independently of one another. But they were going to be open with us about who they were and their relationship and their history. I got all this information from her in the first couple of hours of knowing her. The information that they shared with us, intimate, certainly vulnerable, no question about it, makes them vulnerable. And that says something when people are willing to give up that kind of knowledge to you that quickly yeah right i mean that's that's the chemical portion again that's the that's that piece i'm talking about it's that scientific electricity undeniable no doubt about it well it also reinforces the comfort right because i felt so comfortable with him and there was that chemistry there and him being so vulnerable and being willing to share these things with me reinforced that he felt comfortable as well because you don't say those things if you're not comfortable you don't just you know blurt those things out to a stranger unless you're like wow this could be something and i feel good in this situation so it's also just a reinforcement of like the connection we're building with each other in that moment well yeah and she and I had gone out first together before you and he went out. And I think the connection and chemistry that she and I had really kind of overflowed into you guys. He knew obviously how well she connected with me because she told him. I, of course, told you. And I would like to think you can speak to to this obviously more so than me, but I would believe that my connection with her made your connection with him that much easier and vice versa. He felt more comfortable with you. You felt more comfortable with him because we had already had this amazing chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think for us, this is, this brings up some interesting questions and opportunities for us, because while we often talk about connection and chemistry, when we meet people, whether it's a, a you know couple or a single person, you and I have never had this particular conversation because this particular situation has never shown itself. Now I think we have a whole new set of opportunities to look forward to as we meet people. Sure. Right? And unfortunately, in a lot of situations going forward, I think for me, I'm going to I'm going to subconsciously compare every situation to this one. Oh, that's so interesting. You know? I don't feel that way at all. You I know, do. What's really interesting, and I think you say that, but you may not once you actually get into it, okay? And the reason I say this is is what I'm about to say. I had multiple male play partners back when we were home in Montana and they would overlap. It was not as if I had one and then it would end and I would have another one. Uh, Towards the end, I had two long-term play partners that I was playing with each of them just about every single week and they could not have been more different and the connection, the types of connection that I had with each of them could not be more different. Well, they were both kinky and they were both, you know, the play sometimes kind of seemed similar, but as people, very, very different people. And I appreciated the differences between the two and I never found myself comparing them. And so I, I understand why you would say that, but I almost feel like the whole reason that we're non-monogamous to begin with is because we like the variety and we like being able to navigate completely different situations. I also think that 
there's something to be said for these quick chemistry connections, chemistry building and connections like we have with this particular couple. Uh, it's great and it, it feels very effortless, which is really fun. But I also think that there is something to be said for building that up over time. You know, right now it's kind of like the big burst of, of chemistry. I do like the slow simmer too. I like the two or three dates before it's just like, oh, I really like this person. Two completely different types of chemistry in my opinion, but both both valid and fun and amazing. I don't disagree. There, obviously, we can certainly like and have chemistry with and connect with different types of people. I think what's going to happen. Well, what is going? What is happening for me? And again, I'll reference this couple that we met together, albeit very quickly for me. That kind of coldness that I got from that gal was such a turnoff for me, and so quickly, I I have no interest in going down that road again. I literally never said another word to them. And I even said to you earlier today, I'm simply not interested. You obviously can engage with him if you if you want to continue to do that. I am not interested. Now, part of that is because I now have an experience, again, that transcends all of that stuff. Like, it's obvious now that it's possible to have a real genuine connection and chemistry with someone right out of the gate. That is not going to happen all the time, obviously. <laughs> right. When it does, it's spectacular, but there has to be something that catches me. Sure. I have to want to come back and talk to you and engage with you, and especially now, where maybe there would have been a second opportunity prior to this you know, kind of situation we find ourselves in. I don't know if that's actually going to be a thing going forward for me. Yeah, but there's two, you're talking about two very extremes, two huge extremes. Yeah, I'm an extremist. You're there's talking no doubt. about immediate connection. Oh my gosh, I think this person's amazing. I can't wait to connect with them sexually immediately versus complete coldness. And there's a lot of gray area there. There is, no question. I don't know that it's 100%. I can just tell you from that, but I guess maybe because those two particular experiences were recently so- happened, rec yeah. well, Recently happened, two days apart. Right. And are vastly different experiences. Right. One was fireworks. It was explosive right out of the gate. This was- ice cold it was dead cold sure so you can't get further apart well that's also something i wanted to talk a little bit about which is the situations that you find yourselves in and how that can change chemistry and connection so for example if we're talking about these partic two particular situations one is you meeting her this woman that you really connected with alone at night in a quiet bar restaurant area in a very nice booth secluded where you could really connect and flirt and be silly and really get to know each other versus a loud booming area where you, there really was no opportunity for connection, period. And I think that I've often found that the environment dictates the initial chemistry so vastly. I remember, for example, I went out with a, a, a gentleman when you were in, you were traveling for work and I met him at a bar and there was not an initial chemistry, I wouldn't say, mostly because I was in a place where I knew people that were bartending and you and I went all the time. And so there was this voice in the back of my head going, this isn't right. You shouldn't be at this place with someone besides Brian. What if someone gets uh, the wrong idea? Or what if you're being too handsy with this guy? And, you know, it, it, there's just a lot of extraneous stuff that was going on in my head. And as a result of that, I really couldn't focus on the true connection with this guy. And I think often about if we had gone to a different place and it been quieter or we hadn't known anyone, would we have been able to just have this explosion of chemistry and maybe had a little bit more fun than we ended up having? Yeah, but here's the thing for me, and that makes perfect sense. However, I will say this as I'll play devil's advocate. If I had met this person that we are referring to in any situation, this, this entire conversation would be the same. That's what I'm talking about. You think that, so for yes, sure? that's the that's the chemistry of it. That's the connective piece of it. It's the science of it. It's two people that absolutely have that physical, emotional, chemical connection. And I don't think that that, that the the area that we met, the, the location, the under what circumstances, I don't think it matters at all. That's my point. That's the difference. Now, I do not expect that to happen every time we meet a couple or a single person. Right. I think probably very unlikely that that's going to happen anytime soon. 
I'd be very surprised yeah, if it Yeah, but that's did. my point is you can't be disappointed just because it's not no, the no, same. No, no. It's not a level of disappointment. In fact, we are getting to, to ready to meet some amazing folks very soon. And we have already met them a couple of times. We digitally communicated with them and met them in person. They are attractive, sexy on a whole nother level. I cannot wait to see them. That's what I'm looking and I'm looking forward to it. I am not expecting this type of reaction because I don't know that it's realistic. It's not realistic to think that this is going to happen every single time. No. Right? I mean, it's not. Po- it's simply not possible. No. But when it does happen, it really does put things into perspective for you. Like meeting this other couple that we, again, I had a very, I just got a bad vibe. It was cold and, and not, you know, there wasn't anything there. That's one extreme. And then you've got a situation that we're finding ourselves in. Now we're going to meet a couple that we really like. Their personalities are great. They're attractive. They're just super polished people. Who knows what's going to come of this? This could really turn into something because I think there's a, there is a genuine connection at this point. I don't know about chemistry yet. That, that's going to be, we'll find that out. But sure. connection for sure. You know, we were very comfortable. We sat with them for a couple of hours on a couple of different occasions. Really liked their company. But it was very benign, very vanilla, very low-key. This, I think, we're going to find ourselves, this situation we're going to find ourselves in in the next couple of days anyway. I think it's going to be amplified, and we'll know relatively quickly if there is chemistry. I do, however, believe if there is chemistry, it's going to be really good, and we're going to have a really good time with these people. That, for sure, I I get that. Not going to find what we have right now with anybody else anytime soon. So that brings up another question. Okay. The couple that you're referring to that we're going to go and meet. Mm Mm-hmm. We are very physically attracted to these people. Yes, yes. <laughs> is it a situation in which physical attraction can lead to chemistry? In other words, because you find someone so physically attractive, it can intensify or bring a connection or chemistry on quicker than if you weren't super physically attracted to them. Not for me. There's no question that we're physically attracted to this couple. They're phenomenal looking. I don't think that's the case. If there is a physical attraction for sure, and because of that physical attraction, intimacy can certainly take place. I I foresee that being possible without this explosive chemistry. And if there is no chemistry for me, if it's not to be, the physical is not going to, it's not going to, to create that chemistry for me. It's simply going to be physical. That's it. I can have those physical connections, but if there's not chemistry... Hold on. Okay, so we need to back up. So what you're saying is, because you find them ridiculously attractive, or she, is, she ridiculously she attractive... Is a, she is smoking hot. <laughs> you could potentially engage with her physically without needing the chemistry. A hundred percent. Okay. That's and, what I thought you meant. Well, and... You're dancing around it a little bit. Let's just call it what it is. No, no, no. It, it, let's get even deeper. I could not only have that physical connection with her because she is that hot and I'm that attracted to her. She is my physical type, as you well know. But afterwards, I don't know that we necessarily would have to be friends if there wasn't chemistry. Yeah. Which I think there I think there probably will be just because they're such intelligent right. cool people. Not th- I'm not talking about them specifically. I mean yeah, someone more like hypothetically. Her. Yeah, if it's yeah. someone if if this is a person that I'm just meeting for the first time and we just you know, she just is as attractive as she is. If there was not going to be an ongoing friendship, I would not lose sleep over it because she's smoking hot. Yeah. But again... You could still look back on the situation with a smile on your face and be like, wow, I got to engage with a beautiful woman. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that that just proves that there are so many different ways to be attracted to somebody and so many different ways to be connected with someone. You're talking about physical connectedness being completely separate from emotional or mental connectedness. Yes. And while that's not our preference, of course, it's still an option that's on the table. It is. In, yeah. In certain situations, like we were finding ourselves in, we've talked about this. We are traveling. We're in different places. Now, we've been in Florida for you know the better part of a month. We're going to spend probably another month here. So we're, we're sticking around the general area, but we are traveling. So we're going to meet people differently. We're going to react uh, to people differently. We're going to interact with people differently, and we're going to form different types of relationships. Some of those relationships may very well be strictly physical. What's really interesting about that, though, is a situation just popped into my head that also happened this weekend. So there was a gentleman that we saw, yes, and I was incredibly attracted to him. I thought he was one of the most 
attractive men I've seen in a very, very long time. And I kept telling you, like, I'm going to go up and talk to him. I'm going to go up and engage with him. But as I observed him and his behavior, I became less and less and less attracted to him. It got to the point where it almost didn't matter what he looked like. He could have been the most, you know, a Brad Pitt lookalike from 20 years ago or whatever. And I still would not have been interested because his behavior just totally turned me off. So I also think that's proof that, yes, you can have a physical attraction to someone, but it's still a package. There's It's still a package deal. It can never be just the physicality, at least not for us. No, no. Listen, even if this gal that we're referring to, the super smoke show that we're going to be seeing soon, if she wasn't a genuinely good person, which she is, then this would be a a non-starter. Yeah, it's kind of like we've always said, if we went out with a couple and if they were the hottest couple ever, but they were rude to the wait staff, wouldn't be Oh, yeah, I can't. I, I can't have a conversation with you. We'd be out you. because yeah, it, at you. that point, I just know that you're not a good person and it doesn't matter what you look like. Well, or, and we've had this happen where it's just an incredibly attractive couple, but they don't care much for each other. Right. They don't interact with each other very well and they, yeah. and they were rude to one another. We've walked away from that. So, yeah, don't misunderstand me. The physical, obviously is important, but all of those other components, there has to be something there that makes me want to hang out with you. Yeah, there still has to be substance. But in a situation like chemistry, connection, long-term relationship, that's a very different story. That's what we're referring to with the couple that we have just recently been, been seeing. That relationship with them is going to transcend sex for sure. They are going to be friends of ours for for the forever, for, for the foreseeable future for sure. I mean, we are going to stay connected with them. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think it's really important to, to consider that this conversation is really important for us given that we have decided we will probably eventually be in a polyamorous relationship. Very, very likely. Because when it comes to being in a relationship with someone... I mean, yet I find you obviously incredibly physically attractive, but that is probably the least important quality to me about you because it's about so many other things. It's about the ways that we interact with each other. It's about your sense of humor. It's about all those things that we were talking about that we really appreciate in play partners. But that's intensified, obviously, because you're also in a romantic relationship and you're spending significantly more time together. So those qualities and the chemistry, the chemistry has to be there. Of course. And and not only that, but it has to be maintainable because the other thing is a lot of times with play partners, you have that burst of chemistry and then it's almost like the fire gets put out at some point. Oh, for sure. And the whole point of a relationship is that you're maintaining that fire. You're stoking it constantly. Well, if it's simply a physical relationship, those are the ones that last the shortest period of time. That that's, I mean, that's just the long and short of it. If it's only the physical, that's only going to last so long. If there's nothing else substantive going on, that's, that's short lived. Yeah. For sure. You've got to have more to it. I mean, we've both been in situations like that. The relationships, however, like the one that we are forming with this couple, that's the relationship that lasts a long time. It, it transcends the sexual component because there is absolutely a chemical connection between us. There's no question about it. And that's the most important thing for us when it comes to play. We've talked a lot about various types of situations that we have found ourselves in and what we think will work and, and what won't work for us. But the bottom line is... The most attractive situation for us or potential relationship for us in this space is one where there is a connection and a chemistry and then, of course, the physical. And when all of those things are firing, it's perfect for us. We don't necessarily like the one-off situations. They're just not our thing. They're just not. And to date, we haven't done it with a couple. Right. So... It would be unusual for us to do that. Now, again, we are traveling. Our lives are different. Circumstances are different. Environments are different. We may very well find ourselves in a situation like that. It's not out of the question. It's just not our preference. Right. Absolutely agreed. And I also think we should open this up a little bit to those of you listening right now. I think this entire conversation hopefully spurs some thoughts in terms of what is it you're actually looking for when you meet other people? Because we talk to people all the time who say things like, we've gone on six first dates, six first meetings with other couples or with people, and we're just not finding what we're looking for. We've sat down with people and as much as they're really nice, we just haven't felt compelled to pull the trigger. And we always say, okay, well, that means you probably just haven't found chemistry. I think some people find chemistry a lot more easily than others too, which is something that should be considered. But, you know, it's so it's about so much when you're connecting with people, especially when you are looking for people to be 
ongoing friends with benefits with. So be willing to put in that work and also to know that eventually you're going to connect with someone, especially if you're open, if you have an open mind and an open heart to it. Well, for sure, that those the situation that we have now found ourselves in is is I think unique for sure. It definitely isn't something that happens every day, but certainly the possibility is there. And as long as you're open to it, I think it will at some point present itself, or certainly can. And you know, I guess the biggest thing is don't be afraid of it when it happens. I was a little concerned about it as it began because it seemed so we seemed so chemically connected so quickly. And I was like, wow, this is unusual. This is an, a unique situation that I'm, I'm finding myself in. Don't really know how I feel about it. So you got to follow your instinct, I think, uh, when it comes to these things and, and determine exactly what makes the most sense for each individual situation. Yes. And I also think that you can and should be as choosy as you want. You know, like I said, we have people that say, I've had X number of first meetings or we've had X number of first meetings and it just hasn't happened yet. That's okay. Think about how many times you have to go on dates with people when you're single before you find the right one. Now, not everyone, but a lot of people date for a long time and date a lot of people before they find someone that makes sense. It's no different in this lifestyle if your goal is to truly connect with people. Now, if your goal is just to have fun and have sex, that's easy. You can find that relatively quickly. But if you're looking for true connection, you have to be mindful of the fact that it's going to take more time and effort, and there's nothing wrong with being particular. No, and this in this lifestyle and in the world, of ethical non-monogamy, particularly when it's couple for couple, that connection is very difficult to find because it's not like a first date for a single person, one person meeting another person. There are four people that have to connect. The four-way connection is the most difficult to determine in this space because you have four different personalities, you know, four different energies, four different characters. That's real difficult to get together. So if you're going, if you're only going on a few, three, four, five, six first dates before you find a couple you connect with, that's not too bad. Yeah. You're yeah. doing pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think it's important to know when to walk away. If you see a couple two or three times and that chemistry just isn't there, you can still be friends. We have couples like that that we have never played with. We probably never will play with, but they are amazing people and we appreciate them on that level so deeply. And it doesn't have to be about sex. No. So I, I do truly wish that more lifestyle people would think of, of it in those terms and just appreciate people for who they are in their lives. And it's something that we've learned along the way can be so beneficial just in terms of surrounding yourself with people who understand you and appreciate you. Absolutely. The connections that we have formed, the friendships that we've developed in this space are lifelong. And I mean, I really appreciate all of them, 100%, no matter whether they're people that are still in Montana that we're not going to see for a measurable period of time or the folks that are right here in the town we're in, whatever the case may be. I appreciate them all. Yeah. All the same. Agreed. So we hope that you enjoyed this discussion about connection and chemistry and attraction. If you would like to have a more in-depth conversation with us, we have services available at sexonyourterms.com. We can do sessions together for all four of us, just me, just Brian. We've done kind of uh, all different configurations, all of which can be beneficial. So we would love if you would check out our services at sexonyourterms.com. You can also email us at sexonyourterms at gmail.com. And keep in mind, too you can find us on social media we're constantly posting things not only about the show but just in general sex positive stuff and we're on twitter and instagram at sex on your terms so we hope you'll check us out there if you haven't already left us a review on apple Podcasts, if you're listening there we would really appreciate your support there and i think that's what we have for you this time so until next time we hope you enjoy sex on your terms <laughs>